0: Is your host, Jose Herrera, with Mental Health Today. Today's special guest is Amy Reed and Christy Blackwell. Both of these ladies work with Coastal Horizons and also sit as members in the Penner County Resiliency Task Force. A little bit about the task force. This July will be the first year anniversary of the Penner County Resiliency Task Force. The purpose of this collaborative is to facilitate a closer working relationship between and among government, nonprofit, business, neighborhoods and individuals to coordinate activities, create efficiencies and build capacity for the purposes of fostering resiliency skills in Pender County. Today's discussion involves talking about resilience, what it means, how it's being implemented, and where it stemmed from.
1: We all like to think of childhood as this time of joy and innocence. But, I mean for many of us, it's just not true.
2: When you grow up in these type of situations, it's not something you you talk about. I know I did it. The first thing that we found is that adverse childhood experiences are common.
0: they don't know what's going on, they won't remember anyway. Well, the child may not remember, but the body remembers.
1: There was this incredible g whiz effect. You mean adverse childhood experiences cause heart disease and lung disease and liver and cancer? Exposure to trauma affects children's developing brains. It's on your behavior, it's on your heart. It's on your DNA, like how do you how do you deal with all that? I don't
2: reach out because I'm not used to that.
0: We have a whole new body of knowledge now that could open up what we have up till now been seen as intractable and solvable problems.
2: No, no child, child should be punched child child or kicked. No child.
1: If you can get the science into the hands of the general population, they will invent very wise actions. Do you feel like any of the interventions have been making a difference?
2: They've made all the difference in the world.
1: It's there.
0: It's possible. And a defeatist attitude is completely disconnected from what 21st century science was telling us. And we should be going after that like a bear. here we go. Good morning, everyone. My name is Jose Herrera, and today's Mental Health Today interview is a roundtable with Amy Reed and Christy Blackwell, who are members of the Pender County Resiliency Task Force. Good morning, ladies. How are y'all doing?
1: Good. Good morning. I'm doing pretty good.
0: Awesome. So, I think... We hear a lot of the times this word resilience. And oftentimes I think it takes on this connotation that it's a buzzword or we have so many interchangeable meanings to it. And I think depending on the institution, the organizations, and just the overall individual that uses this word, it takes on significant meanings. Um, For Pender County, I think hearing this word carries on this connotation that stems from the natural disasters that have happened over the course of three years, along with its development. And today, I want to, and I'm very, very glad that we're going to sit down and talk about this word and some of the more impactful things that have happened using this word, along with the agencies that use this word as well. And, um, I'm going to go ahead and start with you, Amy. Um, if you could introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll jam out to uh, what you got to say about resilience.
2: Okay. Um, so I, I work with Coastal Horizons, um, and I'm currently working with them on um, a federal SAMHSA grant that they have um, that's focused on providing Services and support to um, youth and their connected adults, whoever that might be—parents, teachers, community members—and um, um, the the focus of the grant is for youth who have been impacted by a disaster, in particular Hurricane Florence that hit this area, the um, Pender, New Hanover, Brunswick area, a few years ago. Um, but we actually we, our work focuses on um, any disasters, human-made or um, natural disasters that are impacting our youth. And so my part on that grant is that I'm a trainer and I um, offer resilience trainings. We use two different models of resilience training, the community resiliency model and reconnect for resilience. Um, And we also um, offer the youth mental health first aid course. Um, And they're open to Anybody who's interested, um, because we know. Everyone in the community has interactions at some point with a youth, so um, we keep those those trainings open. Um, and I got involved with um, I don't know if you want to go here now. Um, yeah, let's, yeah
0: that's fine. Yeah,
2: let's go ahead. Okay. So, yeah, so as, when I came on to work with this grant, I. Um, Part of what I wanted to do was get out in the community and meet different um, different people and different look see different organizations and figure out what they were doing um, that helped build resilience in these communities. And um, so I came across in Pender County um, the woman Liz who had started the Pender County Resiliency Task Force, and um, so, I started getting involved with the task force and um just working with with that group to help it grow. Um, it's that that group now is almost a year old. They started last July, so um, coming up on their one year anniversary, and it really just started out with one person saying, "Hey, let's do something about this. Let's start connecting." Um, people and organizations and see if we can address some of the issues in our county that are impacting children and families and citizens. Um, and it's really started growing. So speaking
0: of the county, can you tell us a little bit about Pender County? I, I think um, from my understanding, it's a population of roughly fifty to 60,000 people, and it is growing very rapidly, but there are still a lot of discrepancies um, with the development. And um, like I said, the natural disasters, these hurricanes have just, there's people out there right now that are still getting their lives back together. And this, and this compounding of natural disasters with COVID-19 just have, it's just a really big soup, a potent soup that, uh, if, we don't take care of it or if agencies don't come together or if we fail in any way, we could lose entire generations as a result of mental health issues, support issues, and so forth. Just from your experience with uh, uh, working in Penner County, can you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Uh, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, you're absolutely right when you say um, that there are some People who are still still not only recovering from Hurricane Florence from um, an emotional aspect, just the trauma of that storm, um, but also there are people who are still not back in their homes. Um, there, I um, just a couple of weeks ago in our last, one of our last task force meetings, um, we had someone talk with us from the long-term recovery group, and she was sharing that. There are there are houses that they're still trying to eliminate the mold in the houses so that people can live in them again. Um, and so there, we certainly are still feeling the impacts of that storm. And like you said, even since that storm, we've had two other hurricanes. They weren't as devastating as Florence, thank goodness. Um, but we've had two other hurricanes hit this area. And of course, we've had the pandemic. Um, and so that's a lot that's a lot for any county um to take on and pender is a small county um and it's mostly rural and so just because of those um factors there are there are less resources right in the county sometimes people do have to travel to another county to to access services and supports and so there are definitely challenges um, but i do believe as we are seeing this task force bring organizations together um and starting to develop some common language in how we talk about adversity and um the struggles but we also have that common language around resilience and really spreading the information and um the understanding that you know all this adversity is not destiny it's not it's not gonna tear the county apart. It's, you know, it's not. Um, we have ways to build resilience. We, we've we got lots of opportunities to offer information to people. Um, one, just by doing what, what you're doing with us today. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, but as we're getting things kind of back, back to, I don't even wanna say back to normal because we hear that phrase so much now, but you know, we're we're getting things rolling um, and getting some more trainings out and available to the citizens in Pender County. Um, offering screenings of films so that they can get more information, then um, I think Pender County is going to just continue to get stronger and stronger. Uh, but I did want to share you would ask a little about specifically about Pender County. And I do I have a few statistics that we kind of take into consideration when we Think about um, our work in Pender County and um, what this task force can do, and what we can all do as professionals in the community. So, like for Pender County, um, fifteen percent of the residents live in poverty. Um, Twenty percent of children in Pender County are living in poverty, and um, thirty-one, almost thirty-two percent of the residents are considered low income, and that what I mean by low income for, for these statistics is less than 50000 a year for a family of four. So that's 31, 32% of the residents. Um, and um, looking at um, affordable housing in the community, 52% of the residents are paying more than 30% of their income toward rent. And 26, almost 27% of the residents are paying more than 50 percent of their income towards rent that doesn't leave a lot left over to live on after you've paid for your housing um, and so those are those are definitely concerning statistics about um the, the situation of living in pender county um the other thing one of you because you had mentioned um you brought in mental health a, a few minutes ago Um, And one of the risk factors that is really concerning in Pender County is that um, for all age groups in the spring of 2019, now remember this is before COVID, uh, Pender County Schools did a RAP survey, which is um, uh, a mental health survey that they administered in the schools. And approximately 30% of the Pender County school student population Answered positively for depression, and that was pre-COVID. So we know we have our work cut out for us um, to support our students after all that has gone on recently.
0: And currently, too, the uh, student population within the entire county—I think there's roughly around 10,000 students. So that's a really big chunk. Um, yeah. And before before continuing, I want to introduce Christy Blackwell and after her introduction, um, if you could talk a little bit, Christy, about what it is that you do and how you got involved with the Penner County Resiliency Task Force.
1: Well, I'm Christy Blackwell. I am the Family Youth Partner with Coastal Horizons on the same team as Amy with the SAMHSA Disaster Grant for the youth. I am also a therapeutic foster mother, and up until April, I actually lived in Penner County. So being a part of the resiliency task force was very important to me especially when i first got hired on with coastal i took a Crem training with amy and Bo, and i learned a lot of resiliency skills and then following that i became uh r r certified and reconnect for resiliency um, certified and learned a lot more resiliency skills with that this past um april while living in Pender County, my house actually caught fire and we lost everything. But during that time, during that disaster for me and my four kids, we learned we adapted really quickly with the resilience skills resiliency skills that we were taught. So one of the resilient skills is notice who's helping. And with all my boys that were there, I was like, hey, notice the fireman putting out the fire. Hey, notice our landlord, you know, came to the house and made sure that we had water. We had clothes because it was 29 degrees outside that night and it was freezing. And if you have never experienced a traumatic experience like that, your mind goes blank and you just want to make sure all the humans in your house is safe. You don't think about anything else. So all the people that had came to help us at that point in time, like I was pointing out to the boys, and now, like when my son sees a fire truck, he's like, "Hey, are those the firemen that helped us?" and I'm like, "No, they didn't help us. We live in another county now, so those skills that you know I learned through reconnecting and crim, I was able to pass on to my children and help them build their resiliency because three of my four boys aren't biologically mine and they've all experienced severe traumatic events throughout their lives and teaching them you know resilient skills on top of coping skills like they are thriving right now and that's something that I share with the families I support yeah that's
0: um and we're talking about, I think there's six domains within the CRIM model that it's tracking, resourcing, um, help now, and I can't remember the others. I just know tracking and resourcing because I use it all the time. Um, m- more than often, I-, I see my spouse with my son, and he's kind of had to evolve too. We, we taught him how to, um, you know, ground, so he pushes against the wall and, and, you know, we're talking about a, a three-year-old kid here. And um, so that started working and then he kind of evolved a little bit because he kind of figured out what was going on. So now we do kind of what you did. It's not so much as a distraction, but we try to change the current chain of thought by saying, well, Hey, what's this color? And it takes the immediate, I guess, full thrust of emotions of the situation and reframes it in a different way. And I, I think I think CRIM uh, personally should be involved within every aspect of our institutional organizational domains. I think today, not, not only just with the way, you know, we're bombarded every day with, you know, news and information, um, I think a lot of that can become overwhelming. And it also compounds on pre-existing issues, if there are any. And if we don't already recognize some of the triggers or some of the effects that we have with certain particular types of information and we carry on on our regular day, um, it can lead to uh, various types of micro actions that can eventually uh, turn into something really, really big. And I used to have the issue every time I would, so I'm, I'm a combat veteran, I serve uh, in the Marine Corps, and I have four tours under my belt and every time I would leave my safe space, which was the base, we would have to exit friendly lines um my body would recognize that I was you know going into harm's way, and that followed me back home so every time you know I left the house, you know I was reliving my body was reliving the same you know types of experiences and not every time that I left the wire was a traumatic experience, but just the situation where I knew that I was going into harm's way. And every time, you know, I would go to the store, um, I would be in fight or flight and it was exhausting. I would come back exhausted, wondering what's going on with my body. Why am I like this? And it wasn't really until I started understanding crim and I did a, a crim training. It was an eight hour crim training. And, uh, My spouse is also certified in CRIM and an R4R trainer. So she also helps me. And, you know, we have a a trauma-informed household. um, And, you know, it assists us in our day-to-day lives. And it's been very, very beneficial to us. And so I know, Amy, Amy, you deal with the kind of like overarching, like institutional connections with um, Penner County Resiliency Task Force. Can you talk to us a little bit about how these trainings are set up, how how the education process goes, and what might someone kind of experience if they go into one of these trainings?
2: Sure. Um, so, currently, we're part of the the mission of the task force is to um, provide education and training um, throughout the community, um, which just marries perfectly with my role at Coastal which is to provide community trainings. Um, and so it is it, a win-win for, for both there. Um, so what what we do, what we will do moving forward is begin to schedule trainings that will be um, available to anybody interested in the community. So we'll we'll schedule some that are just um, scheduled, advertised and then open to the public. What we're also able to do is for anyone who is interested in having a training for their group. So it may be for their school, it may be for their um, the their faith organization, it may be for their business. I'm currently working on developing a training for business owners. In, in it's in another county, but we're like we're working with the business owners because they want to um, they want to learn more about resilience and using skills. Um, we can, we can set up a training for anyone that wants, wants to have one. And for those, we could offer any of the three that I had mentioned, the, um, CREM that we, we keep talking about that one. We have a lot of choices in how to set that up. First of all, there would be no charge for it. Uh, we don't charge for any of the resilience trainings. Um, CRIM can be offered in any any length, just about. If you wanted just like a one-hour introduction overview or maybe 90 minutes, we can absolutely do that just to introduce the model and kind of give you a taste of what you would learn in the the full curriculum. Um, To any length you would want, three hours, four hours, five hours, the full curriculum to get the entire curriculum takes about seven to eight hours. And so I do um, offer lots of full day trainings um, where we do cover the whole curriculum, but you have some choice. So if anyone listens thinking, hey, I'd like to, I think my team at work should, should check this out. You know, we could design whatever would work. Um, and um, then Reconnect for Resilience, that's a little more um, set in how it's offered. That curriculum is about 14 hours, so it's two days, and uh, we don't have a lot of choice. We can do an introduction, but we can't um, shorten. It's either an introduction or the full curriculum, Um, and we would do it either in two full days or like four half days. We can do that. Um, And again, there's no charge for that training. Um, For Youth Mental Health First Aid, which is a really good um, course. That teaches how to notice the signs and symptoms of when a youth is experiencing a mental a mental health challenge, and how to intervene and stabilize the situation, keeping everybody safe, and then connecting them to the appropriate professional resource. Um, that training we offer, um, and it's it's a hybrid right now. It's there's two hours of self paced pre work that participants complete, and then about five-ish hours of instructor-led portion. And we're still currently doing those virtually, the instructor-led portion. Um, The training is free, although we do have a, uh, there is a fee for the materials um, for that course, uh, about $24 a person. Um, So, we we will be offering these in Pender County um, as we're moving forward. We, I know the task force wants to start with um hosting open to the public a screening of the film resilience and then having um the opportunity to have discussion afterwards. So um, we're working on planning that right now. Hopefully by end of summer that's gonna that that's gonna happen. We're looking at um maybe just before school starts. Um, Having that screening, um, and that's that's always a good jumping off point um, because that that documentary gives such a good explanation of um, the ACEs study. That's the adverse childhood experiences, um, and how that how traumas and adversity during childhood impact us later in life. Um, and the one thing that we know we can do to counteract those adverse childhood experiences is to build our resilience Um, and as well as as having connected, uh, connected relationships with caring adults um, is the other just critical component to combating those adverse childhood experiences. But so the plan is to have the resilience screening and then begin scheduling trainings and having them open to the public as well as being able to um, schedule specifically with organizations and groups um, if they want to do it that way.
0: Awesome. So I have another question and I want to go back to Christy. Um, Since we're on the topic of the resilience documentary, um, I was wondering if you could share a little bit, maybe if you've seen the the documentary, what you got out of it um, or what you thought was probably the most enlightening aspect of it. And I'll give you an example. Um, I think it was until 2000, I think it was the summer of 2018 when I watched the documentary and I just didn't realize what ACES was and how, you know, getting this score um, essentially gives you a kind of, it doesn't have to be destiny like you mentioned, but it does give you a perspective of some of the predispositions that you may be that you may have and or some of the uh, behaviors that you may have participated in as a result of these things and I know now since you know having my experiences and seeking out help I've I've come to learn that a lot of my body um, going back you know to my formidable years uh, carries a lot of weight and I know for a lot of folks it does as well and I, you know that's one of the more enlightening parts about watching this documentary. But you know, for me, watching it and then understanding what was taking place, um, but also having you know someone tell me that it doesn't have to be like this forever, it doesn't have to be chronic forever, right? It Doesn't have to be inherent. And so, so Chrissy, what so you know what, what's your experience with uh, watching this documentary and just what's waking you up?
1: Well, when I watched the documentary, it really solidified everything that I had already started learning. Um, because before July of last year, I was just a therapeutic foster mother. I didn't know anything about the A score, I didn't know nearly as much as I know now. And looking back at my children's histories, my history, my client's histories it's it's like okay well that makes sense so knowing that you know one of my children has an a score of 10 doesn't mean that his destiny is going to be you know horrible but there are parameters in place that can help mitigate that you know proper nutrition goes a long way stable housing, not being scared where you're going to live is very vital to anyone's health because additional stress just eats us in on the inside. We don't even realize it. You know, just the little things that old me, I'll say, <laughs> took for granted made me have a better understanding of not only like my childhood, but also my children and their past childhoods. So I think as a parent, or even just a community member learning about ACE scores and what effect it can have on our community as a whole, on top of, you know, how do we combat that? Like we can't stop ACE scores. We can help mitigate them, but you can't truly stop them. what can we do to make it better? And that's where resilience does come in, you know, knowing that, yeah, I'm stressed, but let me take a second and ground myself and get back into my thinking brain so I can have an intellectual conversation.
0: Thank you for sharing that and Amy, I want to ask the same question, you know, what, what are your thoughts on the documentary resilience? What was the most enlightening aspect of that? And.
2: Um, So I think when I watched it the first time, because at this point I've seen it a lot of times, but um, when I watched it the first time I thought, okay, so it's kind of a no brainer that, yeah, if tough things happen when you're a kid, it's going to affect you. You know, like that's to me, I was thinking that's that makes sense. That's that's yeah. Um, but what really got me when I um, watched the documentary and was and learning more and more and more about a study itself was that not only if tough things happen when you're young, does that impact you, like it can impact you forever. It can, it does not have to. Um, and I think just, the ACE study gave us the validation of, yeah, yeah, this, this is for real. Not all, you know, not only um, if tough things happen, do you maybe have a hard time, so to speak, but it can, it can impact your health later, like way later in life. And um, I think just because I am going to just quickly tell a little bit about what the ACE study is in case anyone listening keeps hearing us say ACEs and the ACE study and um, maybe aren't sure what that is, but um, it, and this is part of what blew me away was just really taking in some of the, um, the specifics about the study. Um, but so the, the ACE study was done by two physicians and it was sponsored by Kaiser Permanente, which is an, in, in, in the insurance industry um, and they the study itself looked at it had 10 categories and all you were to do this was self-report from adults they gave the study to adults and the questions were before you were age 18 so they were thinking back to before age age 18 give a, a mark for each one of these that you experienced and there were 10 um, categories. And they were like, um, I don't know if I'll remember all 10 off the top of my head, I probably will. Um, Substance abuse in the home. Um, If someone had been incarcerated, Um, mental illness, particularly maternal mental illness, Um, separation, divorce. So looking at categories like that, were you impacted by any of those? And you just marked it. You didn't mark how many you did. not I mean, how many times or anything. It was just if that event impacted you. Um, and so your score could be anywhere from one to 10 because they ask about 10 areas. And they um, over 17,000 people participated in the study, which is a huge study. Um, and then also just to note that. The. Um, Predominantly, the respondents in the study were white, and remember, this is this was given to people who had insurance. So these were people who had resources back in the '90s. Not everybody had insurance in the '90s. Um, this was done in the in late 1990s, um, and so what what this study tells us is that um, they can comp- well they compared the number of aces, whether it was one to ten. And current um, health and well-being issues that people may be experiencing later in life. And they found direct correlations between the numbers, number of ACEs, and certain um, health issues later in life, particularly looking at things like uh, heart disease, diabetes, substance abuse, um, and mental health issues. And so what, what we know now is that if we can mitigate those ACEs, like Christy was talking about, we can have an impact on our well-being later in life. So, like, that's what this study told us that. And there have been more studies. It's been expanded ever since. They continue to do research on it. They've expanded the 10 ACEs to include other um other areas like bullying, um, racism, um, and other experiences that children may have. But um, the work continues and we continue to learn. Um, and so that's and that's where the task force comes in, kind of bringing that back around, is that we as a community can do something to help mitigate the impact of ACEs. Um, and Jose, I will say to you, My hope is that every household in in Pender County becomes a trauma-informed household, like you describe yours. Um, That we're incorporating um, the information that we're learning into how we're parenting, how we're interacting with our spouse and our partner and our friends and the person behind us in line at Food Lion. You know, that um, we're using these skills um, daily so that we can you know, I don't want to sound Pollyanna, high in the sky, but we can have a more compassionate community. Um, for, and not just Pender, you know, like, <laughs> um, but we can start at home and build this out. And because I will, because we're talking about ACEs here, and I'm just going to give a just a few so people can kind of, um, kind of picture this. So teens, teenagers, with four or more ACEs have a higher risk for their resting heart rates, body mass index, and rates of obesity. So that's four ACEs or more. One single trauma increases by two to three times the likelihood of using alcohol by age 14. 93% of juvenile offenders report at least one childhood trauma. 60% of homelessness in women can be attributed to childhood adversity 45% in men. Um, and adver- ACEs are really highly correlated with seven of the 10 leading causes of death in the United States. So it's, it's important work. Oh yeah. I think it's really important work.
0: Definitely. Um, and I think just to tap back a little bit, the ACE, the ACE uh, experiment or uh, study that was done, I think it was found, it was, it was done by accident. Um, I I believe the man was trying to assess something and he asked the wrong question. And, you know, there was a direct correlation between um, obesity and uh, sexual abuse. And I think what they found um, was a significant portion of Americans that were obese had some, had a one ACE or an ace which was sexual abuse, mm-hmm. um, which led to the current um, full study that we see today. Um, and I know there's some new emerging uh, science. And so what was it? I think we discussed this a, a while back, or if I'm not mistaken, maybe I was researching on my own, but um, the resilience or the community resilience model um, is evidence-based um and they're working toward a more um i guess science backed up or based uh, approach which alerts a lot of evidence suggesting what i mean by that is for example uh how how our epigenetic structures right how our past um in some way um, affect future generations so it can be transferred transgenerationally. So the traumas that we experience today can have some type of effect uh, within our children or in our children. And, and to a degree, I think the early study that suggested that was a series of um, uh, studies done with rats. They found that mother rats were uh, that were exposed to some type of trauma um, passed on a particular gene. But then the study found that just because, you know, the offspring had those genes, it was reversible. You know, if you set up the environment in the right way, then the rats wouldn't um, experience that type of uh, uh, health deterioration or just trajectory. So this is a very, very real thing. and It's a very, very real science coming from um, people all throughout the United States. Um, So that's a it's an amazing feat to see what's going on there. Um, so we're nearing the end here, and I was wondering if we could talk a little bit, maybe just last messages to, you know, whether it's to parents, to families, to organizations. But what, what would you say to them in order to really get across what you want to say or just this, adopt this model to understand it?
2: Um, I I think what I would say is um, I mean the statistics really tell the story. But you know, statistics and numbers aside, um, we know we we have we have the knowledge and the information um, to begin pulling the community together, getting everyone on a, using a more common language around you know, how we're doing and caring about each other and checking in with each other. And like I said a minute ago, I really don't wanna sound Pollyanna, but we can create a more compassionate, supportive, connected community. So when we do have these tough things, whether it's something tough that happens just within my family, Um, I've got support, or if it's something tough that happens to our whole community, we have another hurricane, like a really, really bad one, or some other natural disaster or a human made disaster that we're not expecting and not ready for um, that. We can come through this as a community. And I encourage, I just want to encourage everyone to, to Take advantage of what's going to be being offered in the community. Attend a training, watch the film, um, connect with the task force through social media, um, watch our website. We'll be posting any and all events that we learn about. Um, we will be getting the information out um, and um, join the task force. Come on. Right now, our meetings are still virtual. I, I think that will probably change it'd be nice to actually be in a room with people and (laughs) shake hands or say hi um but um join the task force get on a working group we um when we have a, a a task to work on we a few of us who are interested in that we get together and we we are just the working group on that um and then when we're done so we're not we're not Stuck on a a committee work, you know, meeting over and over and over. We try to be really respectful of people's time and busy schedules, but get involved Um, and um, we will be. uh, Over the summer, we'll be sending out information to um, anyone that has joined the task force and become a member by signed our membership agreement. um, As we're working with um, Paces Connection to help us gather some data around how trauma-informed Pender County is currently. And then we can track our progress as we continue to do this work. So um, organizations will be hearing from us um, and hopefully we can um, continue to spread all this good information.
0: Thank you for sharing, Amy. And Christy, what about you?
1: That was amazing, Amy. From the parent's perspective, because I work with parents and families, um, I honestly recommend getting out there and becoming more trauma-informed. As a family that is trauma-informed, it does make my household a lot easier, in a sense, because I have a better understanding of, hey, this is what this child is going through. He may need XYZ skill. And I can walk him through that skill by the way i have four boys (laughs) that's why i keep saying him um but i can walk him through that skill and bring him back into his thinking brain and we can have a conversation about what got him amped up or shut down and it does make the whole life a lot more cohesive so What's a couple hours out of your day compared to the next 18 years of your life with your child?
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Wow. Well, this has been a good episode. Uh, I want to thank you, Amy. Thank you, Christy, for coming on mental health today to discuss uh, the Pender County Resiliency Task Force, what it has to offer and what it can offer. Um, And I will be posting additional information regarding the task force, um, as well as contact information,
1: and we'll be moving forward. Um, Thank you again. Thank you for hosting.